morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. Praise the Lord. There's no one like you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I almost started to sing when I was exhorting there, but then I was like, nope, pulled it back. One of these moments, I might just step over and do it, <laughs> but I got to get really comfortable. <laughs> you know, I think, you know, Pastor Mark Hankins, like, <clears throat> hopefully he doesn't ever listen to this, but I mean, he's not like the best singer, but he'll like squag it out like, by the Lord. He'll start singing. I'm thinking, well, you're brave to do it. So, <laughs> like, why shouldn't I? <laughs> if you're brave, I can be brave too. <laughs> I think he just thinks, well, I'm singing to the Lord. But I can't quite get over that yet <laughs> in front of people. <laughs> I can do it by myself, but I can barely do it in front of my family, but my kids and pastor pastor's terrible <laughs> like to make fun of you <laughs> but praise the lord i'm just looking up this scripture you know that said um talked about god's faithfulness and my message tonight is just a real simple one but you know everybody needs to learn to encourage themselves right because you don't always have the people around you that can do it for you or can help you in that. But obviously we know that there's, there's a place for that because when you come to church, you get encouraged. When you get around others that believe like you, they encourage you. When you go to a friend and like, hey, I just need some, I just need you to help me and talk, talk me out of this. That's all, that's all well and good. But there's something about knowing how to talk yourself out of where you are. And where you need to get to or where you need to be. And so, that's my message tonight. So I'm excited. It's got, it'll help me too. But, um, you know, they were ta- or singing about the faithfulness of God. And it made me think about just the word of God. <clears throat> and so, so many people will say, gosh, you know, the, the Bible is hard for me to read or to really dive into. And so, the Bible says... Uh, to feed on his faithfulness. And so we could, we could go around here tonight. Each person would probably have something that God has brought you out of. I know Dave does. <laughs> Dave, one of these days, soon, we're going to have Dave. Oh, I'm training again. Oh, thank you. But I like the old one. I'm just kidding. <laughs> At first I thought it was me. That's why I kept trying to do it. Like, okay. I should know how to do this by now, and it still wasn't working. <laughs> but the Bible says to feed on his faithfulness. And so everybody's come out of something. Whether it was years ago, you got that one thing. Or hopefully it was something that was recent, that you've seen God move in your life, done for your church. And the Bible says to, to feed on God's faithfulness. Why do you think that the, 
that God tells us to do that, to feed on his faithfulness so that you know that he'll do it again, that he'll come through, that it's not like, well, he did back then, but I don't know if he's going to do it now. No, he says, feed on my word, and that's going to show you, I'll do it again. No problem at all. And so I, th- I quickly thought of like Psalms 23. And so when you feed on God's faithfulness, it looks like this. It's, well, at least when I do it. <laughs> so I like to go through scriptures and look at every um, translation in the Bible and find the one I really like. <laughs> and so <laughs> this is the, um, the CEB. <laughs> and so this says, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing this hair in my face. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. So we could stop right there. I feed on his faithfulness. Well, his word is his faithfulness to me because his word, he says that he's not a God that lies, that if he says it, he'll do it. Well, we've seen God do exactly what we've asked of him just in our building alone for two years. Now he's doing it again. And we reminded God of this faithfulness two years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, (laughs) just last week. (laughs) And so every part that we've asked of him and declared and rejoiced and got happy about, it's happening. And so now we just have the remainder of the money that needs to come in. Well, why would God do all of that and then stop now? Well, the Bible says that he doesn't do that, that he stays faithful till the very end, till you have the victory. So I can feed on this. The Lord, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack, I lack nothing. Now, if you could look at your life and say, well, I have a lot of lack in my life, but God's word says I don't lack in him. And so that's good news. So that's a way I start encouraging myself. God, your word says if the Lord, if Jesus is my shepherd, I don't lack for anything. I don't like for ability. I don't like for money. It says anything. So that means nothing. He lets me rest in grassy meadows. He leads me to restful waters. He keeps me alive. I'm thankful that God keeps me alive. He guides me in proper paths. Well, paths that are good for me. For the sake of his good name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley... I fear no danger because he's with me. His rod and his staff, they protect me. And so feeding on God's faithfulness is just simply getting the word out, reminding God of his word, reminding myself of where I've seen God do it before, and then why God's going to do it again, because his word says so. He doesn't say he'll stop. He'll do it only maybe a couple times for you, and then he's going to stop. No, there's no limit to God. And if he lives on the inside of me, I have every right for every scripture to come to pass in my life. So that's good news. Praise God. And so um, I was just thinking about tonight. Pastor, by the way, is home uh, with our kids. We have a daughter that has started track and so Grayson has uh, decided she wanted to do track. And this is like a huge victory for me as a mom because 
Like Carson likes soccer, and then Addison likes basketball, and Addison's the one that's played basketball for a few years now. At least a couple, maybe three, I'm trying to think. But she really likes basketball, so every year she's playing that. And so I'd always ask Grayson, she's our artistic daughter. Like, her happy place is to go sit in a chair or in her room and get this drawing pad out, go on her computer, whatever, and just look at a picture that she finds that she likes and draw it. And she's very good. Like, she keeps getting better and better and better. And we'll say to her, well, you traced that, didn't you? Like, no. (laughs) No. I mean, she's getting that that good. And she gets known for She's always been known for her art every year, like at school, and um, gotten awards and just different things all through the years. But um, nothing like, you know, active. Like, you want to get in a group of people and be a part of something and do... And she's, she's done student council, just different things, like one year, and it was like, no, I don't want to do that again. And it's always like that, like, no, I don't want to do it. <laughs> and I'm like, so do you want to do basketball? Do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? And she's like, no, 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 no. And I'm like, okay, well, we're just going to leave it then how it is. And so this year she comes and says, hey, Mom, I want to do track. And I was like, oh. We found something. Um, praise the Lord. Because <laughs> I just, you know, she's the quiet one that, you know, just kind of likes doing her thing, leave me alone. And so I was just trying to get her out, but I didn't want to make her do it because then she would, you know, be doing it for my sake. And I wanted it to be her choice. And so she has friends that are doing track, and so they've pulled her into doing track. Get this. She, she has practice every single day right after school. So she goes at 2.50, and she gets done at 4.15. I'm like, wow, that's a lot of running. (laughs) I'm like, well, yay. I'm just being positive. Like, yay for you. I'm glad I'm not doing it. (laughs) And so today, she had to run in the rain, and she didn't look real happy about it. (laughs) So she came home. She was like, yeah, it was kind of cold out there and raining, but she still had a good time. And so we... She has that, and so she has, like, tests tomorrow because tomorrow's their last day because of Easter. So she's got a lot going on just tonight. And um, so Pastor volunteered, said, I'll just stay with them, and you can go. Maybe he knew what he was doing. I don't know. (laughs) But he'll find out when he has to take care of all three of them. (laughs) Like, man, I wish I was there. (laughs) Because dads sometimes are, like, overwhelmed, like, Lord, I don't, this is a lot. And then they're all like, Dad, Dad, Dad. <laughs> but praise God. And so we'll go ahead and get started. I'll pray real quick. I just believe this will be encouraging to you. It's going to encourage me just to keep ourselves up, to keep ourselves encouraged, and to move forward. Father, we just thank you for your word tonight. I thank you for the Holy Spirit that you're going to speak to many hearts tonight and encourage us through your word this night. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. I'm looking outside. I see this big, huge, like, tr- like almost like UPS truck, it looks like, like tr- going this way. And there's no way over there, but I don't see him turning back around. <laughs> so it makes you wonder what he's doing. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But so tonight we're going to talk about where are you, f- what are you focused on? What do you think about all the time? Some people may be like, I don't want you to ask me that question. But, what, what are you thinking about? Do you think about the goodness of God? Or do you think about everything that's wrong in your life? Everything that's going haywire? Or do you think about God's word and stay focused? 
or how do you talk to yourself about what God's doing in your life or the people in your life. So we sit there and think about that for a minute. Some days I'm good and some days I'm not so good. <laughs> it's like walking in love. Some days I get it and the other days I'm like, well, I didn't do very good today, Lord. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> You're going to have to help me. But when we turn over to Exodus chapter 3, Exodus chapter 3, we'll start, we'll look at a guy over there named Moses. So you can talk yourself into it just like you can talk yourself out of it. Has God told you to do something and you've been kind of hesitant to do it? Like, well, why don't you find somebody else to do that, Lord? Or, well, I, I don't know that I can do that. But God sees that in you. Isn't that amazing? There's some things that God's put in my heart, and um, I was really hesitant to step out in them. I mean, I was, you know, we say we talk ourselves, you can talk yourself into something or out of something. I was real quick to talk myself out of it and try to talk God out of it <laughs> because it just didn't seem like it went together. <laughs> and, um, and so just this area of, say, in the community or just getting involved in this kind of ministry, I was like, oh, Lord, I don't think that I'm the one for that And so, because I'm just nowhere near it. And so it's taken me a long time, I mean, at least like a year of thinking on it, and I would try to push it to the side, and then I'd go to a meeting, and then sure enough, God would pinpoint me or, you know, start talking to me about that again. I'm like, oh. Yes, yes, yep, yep. Well, just like that, when God called Moses, he was reluctant, just like that, to do what God needed him to do because he didn't think he was the guy for the job. So when you go over to Exodus chapter 3, we'll look at verse 10. It says, Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people the children of Israel, out of Egypt. That sounds like a really big job. If God, what if God came to you and told you that? <laughs> I want you to deliver the people of Flint. My first thing would be like, Lord, are you serious? <laughs> you know, like, really, Flint? <laughs> like, you're really going to have to help me. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt. So he said, I will certainly be with you. And so God was encouraging him, like, I've called you to do this, but I'm going to help you. I'll be with you, and I'm going to show you how to do it. So get every excuse as to why he couldn't do it. You've, have you ever been that way with God? Maybe it was just coming to church. <laughs> Maybe in the past you're like, you know what? I got every excuse why I don't want to go there or don't need it. But you found different because you just stepped out and did it. So he said, I can't speak right. I can't do it. I'm not trained. You ever told God I'm not trained? I command, and God said, I, com I have commanded you to be courageous to step out and do it. So a lot of times God just needs us to say, okay, even in fear, okay, I'm just going to step out. But you know what I've found? In this whole area of ministry that I was endeavoring to step out into, when I started going to different events or different things and meeting people, 
God's actually placed me like among the people, the highest people in it. And so I'll, I'll just kind of break it down a little bit because that's kind of, you're like, what in the world are you talking about? So in this thing of human trafficking, just uh, the children that are getting hurt, um, any kind of trafficking, sex trafficking, there's all kinds of things within that. And so uh, that's really been in my heart probably longer than a year now. And forever I'd be like, oh, Lord, I just don't, I don't think so. No. <laughs> like, I'm just, I'm really far from that. And I've never been involved with it, really not known people just a little bit maybe. And so it's just kind of fear more than anything. Like, that's just a different kind of people that I don't know. I just don't want to get involved and, and to wind up dead. You know, <laughs> like, no, Lord, that's just not for me. <laughs> and so I kept telling God, no, <laughs> just go find someone else, you know, that's better at that. And uh, it would always come up, always come up. Then we'd go to like leadership conference and there it'd come up again. And I'm like, oh, I'm bawling. And so I still was slow though. Isn't that funny? <laughs> That's how much I was like, no, really, it's not for me. <laughs> and um, finally, I was just like, all right, I got to do it. And so we went to, I, um, I took some ladies with me to a conference, and we went to hear Elka. And um, something, I started before that, but then something in that was just like, yep. And there it was again, the word of the Lord to me. So I knew, and I was like, all right, God, you confirmed everything I've asked you about this, and so I'm just going to step out. And so wouldn't you know, the moment I started stepping out, because I'd been praying about it, because I'd been praying, and step, when I stepped out, it was exactly, it was like God placed me around all the people that know everything about everything. With state police, he's... Um, I've come in contact with a task force that I'm a part of now uh, exactly for that kind of thing for Genesee County. And so I have come in contact with another ministers, uh, another minister that she's um, co-chair of this. And so she's her ministry is exactly that that does it. And so when I went to the first meeting, it was just like I had so many questions. But as I'm sitting here, when I walked away, I'm like, God, I'm like, you just took me because I finally said yes. You had it all planned out. All I had to do was say yes, and you guided my steps. And you placed me exactly like the best of the best. You didn't put me down the bottom to try work my way up. I mean, God just placed me like, this is where I want you. And I'm, I'm like, okay. So I'm in these meetings like, I don't know anything of anything. And like, can you just tell me about it? You know? And I, it's hilarious because, I mean, these people do this line of work day in, day out. Crime stoppers, people with crime stoppers, and just all these different areas. And so it's been really fun because God keeps placing me with relationships that I've never had before, and it's expanding this vision within me. And so little by little, it's coming together. It's coming together more and more, and so I'm excited. But I say that because I'm not saying something to you that I haven't done because I'm right there with you. But I know that God is speaking to a lot of people in this season, right now, in this season, and saying giving you visions or on the inside of you, maybe things that you've never seen yourself do. 
And just in that same token, maybe you're going through things. You're like, you know, I, I got to learn to encourage myself in the word and get myself out of those bad days and get on the other side of that. And on the other side of that is saying yes to God, what he's put on the inside of me, even though it may look like something I've never done before in my life. Or you may think, I'm not the one for that, but God knows. And so as you say yes, God pans it out for you and takes you to the right path, exactly what he wants. And so you have no idea, though, until you say yes. Isn't that wild? (laughs) So as long as you stay on this side of the fence, it always seems gloom and doom. (laughs) But the moment you decide to go through, even though you don't know anything yet, then it begins to open up and you start seeing and you actually get excited about what God has for you to do. <clears throat> if you turn over to well, at Numbers chapter 13, we're just looking at some scriptures here that, that show us somebody that had to talk themselves or encourage themselves into what God had for him. Numbers chapter 13, we'll look at verse 30. <clears throat> Remember Joshua and Caleb led the people, or actually they went over to see the land that God had promised them, and everybody was saying, oh, no, 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 we can't do this. It, <laughs> they're going to eat us alive. <laughs> they're really big over there, and no, we can't, we can't do this. We have to stay right where we are, where it's safe, where it's comfortable. But Joshua and Caleb had a different opinion on it. When they went, they saw with the eyes of faith. So in verse 30, it says, Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. So there's like a spirit of faith that comes in to where you think, I mean, you can conquer anything. And it's by God. And it's only by God that you can do the impossible. Only by God, the supernatural. So don't let fear keep you from your future, and don't be afraid of people. Don't be afraid of failure. God is with you through anything. And so that's where remembering God's faithfulness helps you get through the now. The only way we could get through the building stuff now and have the faith to say, God will do it, is because two years ago, God did it. And then five years ago before that, and then 10 years, we've seen God move. And each time it's grown, it's gotten greater and greater and greater. And now it just seems like it's just bigger than us. And so it's just like, well, all I can do is believe God because I can't believe in me. And so we talk to ourselves, but we stay focused on God's word. And that works with any area of life. No matter what, anything you're going through, anything you're facing against, you really got the victory in everything. Everything. It doesn't mean that it's going to be all roses going through it because that's life and we got an enemy that comes against us. But the Bible says that we are the victor. And so really to go through anything, we'll make it on the other side. But we have to believe God that he's going to get us through. 
And so we encourage ourselves with that instead of the negative. Because talking negatively to yourself takes you down a path that doesn't end well. And it takes you to things that are not good for you. If you think about that, if you know people or just maybe you've lived that life without God, when you go those days that you're not doing good and you listen to the thoughts, and if you're not quick to change those thoughts, it takes you down a path. And if you don't arrest it, it takes you to things or to people that are not good for you. And then it gets even worse. I can only say that because I have talked to a lot of people, you know, and we know how that road goes. I'm going to go over to Psalms 55. Psalms 55, verse 22. So we're going to encourage ourselves with this. Psalms 55. Get there. Verse 22. Says, cast your burden on the Lord. He will support you. I'm reading a different version. He will support you. God will never let the righteous be shaken. When you look up burden, it's that which is born with difficulty or an obligation. The burden of doing something or the burden that's uh, heavy on you. Think about it and it just stresses you out or anxiety or like no money or uh, sick in your body. Obviously, that's, that's going to be a burden to carry. Or trouble, that which is carried, the load. You ever have a heavy load? Just <laughs> the weight of it's on your shoulders and it's just like, oh. The Bible says, cast your burden on the Lord. For he supports you, and he will support you. God never lets his righteous people be shaken. Doesn't mean we're in the flesh and we have bodies and they're shaken all the time because they just don't know any better. <laughs> they're not disciplined. But our spirit is the one that's connected to God. And it hears the voice of God. And it it goes to the word and it believes God at his word. And your spirit, man, is what carries you through. I'm reading a book right now on um, heaven. And, oh my gosh, this book, it's like the best book in the world so far. <laughs> and I've only read a few books on heaven, but this one, um, Brother Marty that was here with us, I don't remember what we were talking about, and he started telling me about this book. He's like, the best book I've ever read on heaven. And he starts telling me this book, and I'm just like, oh, I need to get that book. And he said, the good thing is that it backs up every, every chapter at the end is backed up with scriptures um, out of the Bible. And so she backs it up, kind of like, this is what it says in the Bible, and this is what I saw. But I've never read a book on heaven quite like this, where she is very detailed. And um, this is a woman. It's actually a book that's been rewritten by someone that knew her because I guess the original was kind of hard to uh, read or understand. But she was, it's back in like, I think, 1853. The woman was 25 years old when she went to heaven. You think 1853? We're, 
look how far down the years we are now. And to even think that somebody went to heaven that long ago, you think, oh, yeah, right. But even back then, she started, she was having questions about heaven and hell and just different things. And, um, and then one day she just went to heaven. And so I think it was like a two-week span, a 10-day span of time where they actually thought they lost her. And um, she just went to heaven, and then she came back. But when she talks about heaven, I mean, you just start bawling because it just puts you there. And you see the goodness of God every time I read it. So I go open it up, and every time I start reading it, it's just like, oh. And then um, she calls, like, the angel her guide that takes her down heaven. But the way she talks about people interacting the streets, you know, you hear about streets of gold, but she talks about the trees and just how beautiful they are. And she talks about the birds. There's every kind of bird that you can think of, isn't it? but they all sing harmoniously together. And it's the most gorgeous sound that you've ever heard. Everything is extravagant. The simplest thing is extravagant. And it's the most beautiful that she's ever seen in the entire world. And that was back in 1853. <laughs> and, um, when she talks about just the, the roads that she goes down and the, you know, where Jesus is, there, there's a light that shines out of this dome, and this is where Jesus is, the Redeemer. They call him the Redeemer in heaven. I mean, she just paints this picture that you can see, and it makes it so exciting because I'm going there, <laughs> and I'm closer than I've ever been, and so it makes it even that much more but it's so exciting to know um, that your spirit is what's going to heaven. And what it has done the most by reading this book is helping me to see people different by their spirit. Instead of just people, sometimes people are just rude or just by the flesh or, you know, this, this flesh is nothing. In heaven, it's nothing. <laughs> like she says, um, like she'll look at people and they'll be communicating to each other. This is kind of funny. Communicating to each other, but their mouths are not moving <laughs> because they're talking spirit to spirit. Well, your, your brain cannot even fathom that because it just seems like, what? <laughs> you know? And that's what Brother Marty had told me. Like when you read things, it's just like, he said, your brain... We just can't even understand it, just how it is, because it's so higher than us and how we are. And, um, but the interesting thing is um, her guide took her to hell at one point in time. And, and I'm not done reading the book yet, but I've already been to hell with her and back <laughs> through our reading. We're back in heaven now. But the guide took her to hell. And wouldn't you think that everything that you have here on earth all the corruptness, all the flesh things like the competitiveness, the inferiority, the feeling of failure, uh, the feeling of shame, that's, that's in hell. Except it's amplified and multiplied, multiplied like a hundred times. And it's the constant, that's the constant torment. The shame, I wished I would have, I'm not good enough, just all the horrible thoughts that you people have here on earth, and just even the really bad ones. And it's amplified, and it's that much more in hell. And that, she said, that's the torment that they live with 
all day, all night. And they know it. They're fully aware of it. And they know that they can't get out. And so when she came to hell, they knew, who, they knew her. There was people there that knew her in, in this life. And so they were just like, oh, Maria. That was her name. And they said, we know that we have to stay here, but we know that you get to leave. Oh, wouldn't that be horrible? That would be horrible. And so it, they're very real. I don't know why I started talking about this book. <laughs> I think I was just saying, like, your spirit man, that is the real you. <laughs> and <laughs> heaven looks at you different than we see you because all they see is your spirit because that's the real you. But that's what the Bible says. But it's like, do we really believe the Bible? We, <laughs> we should <laughs> because that's the real stuff that matters. When we get out of this world, all of this stuff, all the competitiveness of life, trying to have, have everything, it's going to really matter for nothing. Because we don't get medals in heaven for that. <laughs> we don't. But we think it gets us a medal here on earth. Or it gets us some, something that we're looking for. But it may, reading this book, it just makes you think, you know what? And I'm not saying, I mean, it's good to do well in life, so don't hear me wrong. <laughs> you know, and excel in life because God wants you to do that. You're a child of God. <laughs> but I'm just saying the pursuit of it, which is really rampant in our world. Pursuit of money. And the Bible um, guard, tells you to guard against that. That it's, the root of it is evil. Well, it is, because that's the exact thing that's in hell. But everything, the wild thing is every, like it talked about wild, the wild parties in hell, and it cracked me up, because I thought, no way, that's exactly how she said it. Like the wild parties in hell. I thought, and it's all, every, all the flesh things that are here on the earth are the exact things that are going on in hell. And I thought, that is so wild. <laughs> that is crazy to me. But you may say, well, I don't believe it. But she, you know, you choose not to believe it or we'll know. I mean, we won't know because hopefully you're not going there. But, you know, we will know heaven and this everything. Like she, just a side note, I better keep going. She talks about the infants that go to heaven. And so if you've ever lost a baby, maybe you know a child that, that died and went to heaven. Maybe you've seen someone on TV and they lost their baby. Well, those infants go to heaven. And there's a special, there's a dome. She said it's just glorious. She, she takes you down a path and she's coming up to this dome. Her guide is taking her and she has no idea what this dome is. And the guide says, oh, this is the dome for our infants. And she said, this is where the infants come when they come to heaven. And she said, they, they get instructed instantly. <laughs> to us, we say they're little babies, not to heaven. They're spirits. So when they come to heaven, they, in, they start getting instructed right when they get there. And they see, um, they tell them about Jesus because they don't know about Jesus they don't have to get born again. 
And so they, they learned the story of redemption. And she said sometimes there's like dramatizations, almost kind of like a TV, a dramatization that they will see. And she said when they see it, they instantly know what's happened in just Jesus. And, like, and they're just infants. <laughs> so they grow up in heaven, and the whole time they're getting instructed. And there's a special place just for them. That's how special they are. And I thought when I started reading about that, because that's the thing that Brother Marty started telling me the first part. And so when I first got the book, like I went to that part on purpose because I just wanted to read about it. <laughs> and when I did, like that was the first time I started reading that book. And I mean, I'm bawling. <laughs> I just couldn't because it was just so good and just so glorious. That's the only word you can think of. Just how good God is and how important we really are to God and everybody. And so just reading this book has made me more aware and that I don't want anybody to have to go to hell. And so when I see people, like it's just instantly a thought like, do you know Jesus? Do you know heaven and hell are real? Are you going to heaven? Do you know how you're going to heaven? <laughs> you know. So it's made me want to love people so much that I can tell you about Jesus because you need to know about Jesus. Isn't that awesome? So I believe it just goes with the, the time that we live in where God needs us being ministers of the gospel. Not just the five-fold preachers up in the front. He needs everybody to be a minister of reconciliation. We are all that. That's not only certain people. It's every one of us that we can do that. And so this book has been so good though, <laughs> reading it. But he taught, they, she talks in there about spirits, the spirit man of a person, that's the real you. That when you go up there, you interact. And she said, you know what? There's no evil thoughts in heaven, none. There's no competition, there's no nothing. Shameful, no bad thoughts. She said, so, so everyone knows your thoughts. Because it's a spirit. And so she said, when you come up, you already know the person's thoughts. <laughs> so you can't hide anything. But you don't need to hide anything. <laughs> because you, do, you don't think evil. You don't think bad thoughts. Doesn't that sound wonderful? <laughs> but we can't even fathom that because we've been on this earth from birth. We, heaven is a place that we only read about, hear about. Maybe you say, well, God has told me about that place or told me about heaven. I'm saying that there have been people that have gone there and come back, and I'm not one of them, <laughs> but I feel like I am going there by reading this book. And it's just been magnificent and exciting and made it even more exciting that I get to go there. And so, and to make sure that others are going there. And not going to the torment of hell. Because it is real. And she said there's people there that in hell, there's degrees in hell. And she said there's people that would rise up like the false teachers. And that would come against the knowledge of God. Or the knowledge, come against Jesus or the name of Jesus. And they would exalt themselves over Jesus. She said their place in hell is worse than the others. Just because of the measure of what they did. Thank God that that's not us. 
that we don't have to live. We live with Jesus and get to worship him forever for eternal life. And so, but my point in saying all of that <laughs> was that heaven is real, but your spirit man is where you connect with God. And so you can train your thoughts to be in line with your spirit. If your spirit is the one that goes to heaven, then you're, you can get to a place where your spirit man dominates your flesh. It's not impossible. You might say, well, how do I get to that place? The only way you get there is by meditating on the word. And I'm not talking about like once a week. You'd have to be in the word consistently. Because the, the Bible is the only way to train your flesh. But there's also a way of just praying in the, whole, in the spirit. Praying in the spirit gives you confidence and you're full in your spirit. And it helps produce life. And it helps you walk out the plan of God for your life. Being full of the Spirit. And it also helps you walk in love, <laughs> all the fruits of the Spirit. And so all of that is training your flesh. And so it is, it is something we can do and give um, time to, to train our spirit, to train our flesh. And so we're talking about encouraging ourselves to follow the plan of God or encouraging ourselves through the disasters of life, we'll say it like that, <laughs> or things that come up against us. So over in Psalms 42, I'll just read it real quick, and then we'll wrap it up here. Psalms 42, David's talking here, and he's, he's going before the Lord and saying, oh, in verse 4, when I remember these things, so he's talking to himself, but he's not encouraging himself. I pour out my soul within me, for I used to go with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God. So he starts listening to his feelings, right? You ever done that to yourself? Well, I used to do that, or well, nobody's here with me. I'm all by myself, or you name it. I feel terrible. With the voice, he says, I went with them to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise. I used to be like that, with a multitude that kept a pilgrim feast. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you disquieted within me? So he starts changing what he's saying. Why are you so sad? Why are you so downtrodden? And he says, hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. And so he keeps talking to himself. He says it again over in verse 11. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God. So he's telling himself, he's talking to himself, have hope in God, for I shall yet praise him, the help of my countenance and my God, for God will help me. He's on my side. And so he's going to help me through it. And so I'm going to hope in God. But listen, he said, I praise you. And so your praise is key to encouraging yourself. And I don't think we do that much of that. Because that's, that's where I think we miss it a lot of times. Because maybe we feel like fools or when we do it or just like, eh. but just saying, God, I give you glory. I thank you. 
that you're helping me to walk this out. God, I thank you that you said in the word that I am the victor. And so what I do, I just go get scriptures pertaining to what I want for the moment. You know, or God's faithfulness, say for this building. The whole way, because we prayed it first, and so we saw things in prayer that you couldn't talk me out of. We didn't see it in the natural yet. We didn't see anything in the natural. We went to a conference in January that we knew that God told us to go to. That's with our pastor, Pastor Mark Hankins. And um, God talked to us there, gave us scriptures. And one was that Isaiah 61, 7. I was just looking, meditating on the word. And so I had started coming the end of last year. I knew what this year entailed. And it was a pretty big deal. 60000 is a lot of money. Maybe not to you, but it is to me. <laughs> when you don't have any of it. And so um, I, I was just seeing things in the natural and looking at things. And so I wasn't really encouraging myself that great. I was actually discouraging myself and the church because <laughs> you wouldn't want to come to me because <laughs> I wasn't quite there yet. And so um, at the end of last year, I was like, all right, I got to get serious with this and I got to get focused. And so I didn't leave it up to pastor. I stood on my own. I know what we got to do. I know God, and so I don't need for him, I don't have to wait for him, even though that is good because he's my husband and my pastor, but I knew what God was telling me. Hey, I need you to get in the word. I need you to get where I'm in faith where I need you so you can believe that I'm going to do this. And so I just started meditating on the scriptures every night and day. I had it by my bed, so I think I've told you that. So it was just like one or two scriptures all day. I'd do it for a week, and then I would go to the next page, do some more scriptures, just meditate, thank. Then I would just thank God. God, I thank you. I thank you that the word is working. I thank, and I would start saying the scripture. God, I thank you that your word says it, so I have it. Our church is blessed, and we will have it. It'll be done. And so they're coming into January. So I started turning my, I started encouraging myself in the word, that's how you encourage yourself. It's the best way. Somebody can encourage you with good thoughts, and those are nice, but it won't keep you. It doesn't keep you for any length of time because in an hour or later that day or the next day, if that person's not there, you'll start going down again. So that's why you got to stay in the Word because the Word will keep you steady through everything anything in life. And so in January, we went to that conference and I was meditating on scriptures and I came across that Isaiah 61, seven. I was like, oh, and I couldn't get off of it. And I was like, I, I told pastor, um, before we went to the next meeting, I said, I just can't, the scripture, I just can't get away from it. There's something with this scripture. And you wouldn't, you know, that night when we went to the meeting, Pastor Mark stands up, and he says that it was at the end. It was a good meeting. Everybody's up praising God. Then he comes at the end. He said, hey, he said, if you're a pastor here, he said, God gave me some scriptures to give you. And he says, over in Isaiah, I was like, 61, 7. I was like, he's saying it. I looked at Pastor like, that's the scripture, <laughs> double. And here he starts saying it, and I was like, that's the one. And I was so excited because God gave that to me. God can give you it through a, a word from a pastor, and that's good to you. But I knew that that was, God confirmed it. Double. 
And so you couldn't talk me out of it because God told me that. And then just different things. I've told you different times God would wake me up. You're going to get double. He would ask me, what did you lose at the old building? And I was like, well, this, that, that, you know. I started going through the list. But then the next morning I woke up and I said, hey, this is what God told me last night. And the minute I said, the second I said that, Pastor said, that's our 60,000. I was like, oh, it is. I was like, wow, praise God. I was like, God's got it. You say, well, have, do you have the 60,000? Nope. Still got quite a bit that we need. But you know what? I got it. I got it. Because God said, double for your trouble in this land, and you're going to have double joy. So if I'm going to have double joy, I'm going to have double money. <laughs> and so everything that you've lost, anything that you've forfeited, anything that you've done without, when you look that scripture up in the Amplified, anything that you gave up, you shall have double. <laughs> double healing. Double man. I mean, anything and everything. And just the other night, I was, I was watching Pastor Mark. He's somewhere, and they were doing a live broadcast Facebook thing. And he was talking about that scripture with them. And he said, you know what? God told me, he said, when, when you have double, like you get double of something, he said, you'll get double. He said, but then there's another double that comes on top of that. And he said, then there's another double that comes on top of that one. And I was like, whoa, praise God. I was like, we're just going to keep getting better and better and better. Double, double, double. And so what do I do? I just keep encouraging myself. Somebody says, well, don't look like you have all that money yet. Nope. Thank God God's word is true. And God will do it. I just keep, I stay focused at what God said. And so that's what's going to help you. Whether it's your stinky mood that the devil keeps trying to bring you down. You say, nope, I got the word of God. And you just... Every day, you put it in the devil's face. So you can go ahead and stand. So praise God, we're going to do this together. We're going to see God. We have seen God move, and we're going to see God keep moving. It's going to get better and better and better this year. We're going to be so excited. Double joy. Double joy. <laughs> Praise God. So, Lord, we just thank you for this night. I thank you that the word of God is igniting something on the inside of us to believe you like never, ever before in our life. I thank you that you're resurrecting dreams and life unto us again. And we are living our best life yet this year. In Jesus' name, we thank you for double. subscribe to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites which can be found at our website gvchurch.tv we know that today's message has been a blessing to you thanks for listening we are genesee valley church loving god loving people and loving life